Welcome to the Indie Experts Podcast, where we're unlocking all the secrets you need to know about writing, producing and publishing non-fiction books that really work hard for authors. Join Dixie and Anne as they help you navigate all the tricks, traps and the majestic tapestry of storytelling as a means of sharing your expertise to your market. Welcome everyone back to the Experts Extension Program. It's great to have you all here. And last week we were talking with Kat Coluccio about creating content and extending content from your books and into what you do online and how you show up online. We're going to take that one step further today because we're often talking to you all about how do you create an online program or that perhaps in some instances, not everyone, but in many instances, creating an online program as a derivative of your book is your next most obvious natural step. So I was talking to Jonathan Callanan a number of times over the last 12 months, and we were discussing all of the things about what you need to think about as you are putting together a concept for a program. Um, We have just literally created our own online program, so we know exactly how incredibly intense and when you think it's going to be really straightforward and easy, and then you find that there's all these extra parts to it. Um, So sometimes having someone to guide you through right from the start is very helpful. And so I've been impressed with what Jonathan has had to say about not only what you need to think about in terms of creating an online program, but then what sort of platforms you should be using and what sort of things you should be thinking about right at the beginning. So I invited him to come along and have a chat and um, to share some of his wisdom with us about online programs. Jonathan, welcome. It's great to see you. Thank you, Dixie, and thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. Love to be here. Tell me, Jonathan, just as a starting point, you've created online programs. How long have you been doing this online program business? Interesting question, yeah. Um, Sorry, I just noticed the scribbles of my daughter on the whiteboard uh, in the (laughs) background. That's not intentional, by the way, but usually there's a lot more intelligence stuff going on on the whiteboard, but anyway. Okay. yeah, I started out with subscriptions, actually, yeah, within the advertising model. So I built a health directory back in 2009, which offers a monthly recurring subscription for health professionals, coaches, practitioners, you name it, to advertise, to gather resources, marketing resources, to have just basically online support from that. I've run courses, uh, turned courses into programs in the health space, and I've also run quite a number of uh, kind of what I like to call support subscriptions, which is more in the digital space and web design, web development, you know, website hosting management, all of that. So that's been a recurring subscription as well. So all I've ever known is subscriptions. I know we think of course programs, but I kind of see courses programs as just a a wheel in the subscription model. And uh, I think right now the subscription space is absolutely ripe you know, for people to really go all in on, Um, especially if we look at people's uh, behaviours, consumer behaviours and uh, their views towards monthly payments, whether it's shopping, whether it's Amazon, Netflix, uh, you know, uh, whether it's the gym for their children, you know, we've been so conditioned to pay monthly subscriptions. So 
it's a great time to be offering an e-learning type solution, whether it's a membership, whether it's a course, whether it's a program, whether it's a club, whether it's a repository type membership solution, doesn't matter. Put whatever label on it you want, but it's a recurring subscription and it's centered around building a community. And there's, there's some fantastic leverage, obviously, in the, the author space because you guys have done the hard work and in, in the trenches writing. So you've already got which is one of the biggest uh, obstacles which is the content so yeah i think it's so, a fantastic space so um did you come from a background where you were originally a tech guy or were you originally working in a training field or wh- where did this where did this interest start from for you definitely not i'm definitely anti-tech actually <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> think you're running a tech company go figure uh, my business partner is the tech guy uh, I'm more the sort of visionary and the actual relationship builder with partnerships. And uh, But my background is actually um, uh, stemmed from coaching and teaching. I was a secondary school teacher in England before I came to New Zealand and then came out here to do personal training for a few years and then from personal training then went into more of sort of marketing education in the health space, staying in the health space, and that branched out then for coaches and consultants and then been doing it for 12 years so it's really more actually just helping uh, businesses with more accessible cost affordable and leverageable I like to say uh, solutions and that's kind of ventured towards software because software makes our life easier and more convenient and and we save a lot of time using the right software so that's where it's at at the moment. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday and he said, essentially, and and I think I have to agree with this, essentially an online program is kind of like creating a a live version of your book so that Mm. if you've got a book, you're kind of extending the program as being the interactive part of the the chapters of your book. Um, If if you're giving someone the, the best advice on how to start thinking about creating an online program do you need to have a book first do you think or do you sometimes go the opposite way where you can start with a program and then create a book from that it's more leverageable to do the book first uh for sure in terms of saving time and having an audience already there because with the book you've already done you know your ideal client avatar work you've done the research you've done you know who you're writing the book for you know you've got your ica stapled in your mind you know, when you're writing the book and there's no difference to a course or a program, you, you know, you're gathering training material for a specific person that you're looking to attract into your uh, client base. So definitely having the book first, <laughs> a lot of people actually will spend a lot of time. And this is obviously where we come in to help businesses, but they spend a lot of time spinning their wheels and going down these paths of trial and terror, especially in the kind of the marketing space and the software space with actually getting a program or course off the ground because they spend too, too much time kind of, you know, overwhelmed in the detail and not actually getting people just to pay to play you know so they're just uh, spend often it will take a couple of years more than it should do to ever get a course off the ground or a program but with a book you know you've actually got 
you've done a lot of hard work. You've committed already to writing that content. And I think a book actually is very character building. If you can write a book, it's character building, certainly into, well, personal growth, yeah, but in terms of a business sense, it's, and, you know, you start to think leverage as well. So I think it's more successful way to go book to program or course. With most online programs that I'm seeing now, the content in some instances, there's very, very little you know, they're very short programs that are doing extraordinarily well and maybe selling for $10 a month. Um, and then right. there are others that are selling for thousands of dollars um, over a year and they are hugely intensive. Mm. What, what do you find is the most, the most common ones that you're coming across at the moment? Where's, where's the sweet spot in terms of that sort of depth of content? Well, I think, you know, go back to <clears throat> the design aspect of uh, creating a program first of all just go back a little bit you know it's the same reason people will spend five times the amount for a 11 course degustation meal that's you know five times as uh, the size of a normal meal uh you know you've got to get the design and the brand has got to be high quality it's got to scream authority and you've got to it's you know the same with anything that you're providing whether it's a service or a product you know you've got to you know, you've got to have people knowing, liking and trusting you. And that a lot of that's derived from your brand authority. Uh, so, you know, you design your name uh, and, of course, you need the quality content. I, I'm not a big believer in you need a certain amount of content to sell an X dollar amount of, you know, um, value program. I, I don't believe in that. I believe that if the quality is there, the content is good enough and you've built it around a valuable community people can network because the reality is the value is in the community and the people that businesses can connect with and build relationships with build joint venture partnerships with build friends you know all that sort of stuff that's where the value is people will come onto a program because of you they bought into you your brands your message your story um, because they've seen some of your content they know it's high quality They'll buy into that, but they'll stay in your program because of the community. So that's just something really worth considering. So, so you're saying that um, perhaps even starting with something small and then building on and having, you know, subsequent programs that, you know, go from one to the next. Is that what, you, what you're saying? I, I want to kind of um, define program and course here a little bit because this is something that I used to get sort of a bit tangled in my head as well. I see a program as more coaching hands-on accountability support all the way through. I see a course is something you just pay for and you do yourself and there might be a little bit of support. But a program really, the perception of program is more ascension. So you're taking people from a course to a program. Uh, DIY course, you know, 97 to $297, program more $2,000 or above and obviously then you you know because then you can put your other consultation services in or other higher ticket options there with it uh, so the program is more the hand holding so i wouldn't be thinking about multiple courses multiple programs i'm all about the power of one you know get one working well first before you think about multiples and uh, get one solid course that does really well and you're well known for. And that can also act as a value ladder to a higher level program or a higher level service or, you know, whatever mastermind that you provide, 
get that whole sales process working first before thinking about multiple courses would be my advice. Right. That's actually a really good distinction. And I hadn't thought of it that way at all. And um, yeah, using it almost as a, as a lead funnel or as a, a lead generator. So starting yeah. with one thing and then right. moving on to the next and the next and then framing it around the program. Do you, um, do, you, do you find a lot of people are really confused about how to price up their courses or their programs? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question, Dixie, because most people are really just sort of, it's just a stab in the dark for most people where they want to put their value. Um, that, a lot of that comes down to, you know, our own perceptions of our self-worth and our time, you know, and energy that we actually put into creating content as well. So, you know, depending on where your self-worth and self-esteem is sitting, will have a bearing on your pricing. But one of the things you can do and what I always um I'll always get my clients to do is just basically talk to your marketplace, get feedback from your marketplace and you know, in the form of a survey, it's very simple, survey monkey or whatever. And just you know, let them know what you're doing because there is one thing that engages people on social media more than anything else when it comes to people following you, and that's you sharing your journey, you sharing your process and what you're doing with them, what you're up to. People love that. And we all should get comfortable with doing that because it's going to serve your business really well. And as part of that process, get their feedback, ask them, you know, first of all, we want to validate whether a natural program is going to sell. You know, I'm thinking about putting a program together um, or a course rather, a course um, if it's an educational product program, if it's more of a kind of like a mastermind group coaching situation where the course material is you know, more resource-based. Um, but you're thinking about putting that together. Uh, it's going to cover all these. It's going to help businesses, um, you know, overcome these challenges or help them, you know, with their business and these outcomes type thing. Um, I'd be really interested to get your feedback. Would that be something of value to you? And if yes, what sort of price range would you think would be a fair, um, you know, for investment? And people will just be very honest. And they appreciate actually asking the honest questions. Um, and that's what we've always done with pricing. We've always got an idea from our audience first what people would generally pay for. Um, but it's also a lead generation process because you can go back to people that have filled out that form and go, hey, I really appreciate you doing that. We're going to do this now thanks to your feedback. And what we'd love to do, because I really appreciate you taking the time to fill that form out, we're actually going to give you more of a discount to be part of it, and um, you know, just to be, just to give us some initial feedback as well. And there's your video monial as well, um, you know. So uh, just to really be a charter member, and we really want to celebrate this with you as one of our clients. And then you've got validation, you've got payments, in, you've got accountability to actually go and create the thing rather than just thinking, because this is one of the biggest misconceptions or. Big, not misconceptions, biggest oversights actually, is that businesses think that, you know, we know best, we're the expert, we know what our audience wants, we don't know what our audience wants, that's the problem. So we have to go out and we have to get that information from them, validate the idea, validate the fact that you're going to spend X amount of hours, energy and time, you know, doing this. So that's, that's key, get that payments up front. One of the things that I know that from the from the speaking industry, um, 
the, the one of the biggest challenges is, is that we uh, become so close to our own content that we don't value the basic stuff. And this yeah. is something that's come up time and time again over the years for me where um, I have these conversations with people who say, oh, but surely everybody knows how to do that stuff. You know, that's the most basic thing of all the things I do. Like, you know, right. like for a technician, well, surely everybody knows how to turn the computer on, right? Well, in actual fact, sometimes you go back to that real simple starting point and no, not everybody does know how to do the really basic things. So taking people through the beginning of how to teach them to, to do something new, um, even if they've read your book, uh, obviously takes quite a lot of research and planning. Do you sit down as part of what you do and actually help people to figure out how to teach, because you have a teaching background, how to teach something? how to actually roll out a course plan? Is that something you do? I don't do it personally. I work with other people that do that, the specifics of, you know, how to teach, what information to present in the video and how to put it all together. We're more on the tech side of actually the actual build, launch and delivery side and, you know, keeping it engaging for students when you've actually got them in a program. So that whole process from purchase to, you know, keeping them engaged, retaining them as a customer. That's that's our sort of flow of genius. Whereas the actual content and the building and everything else uh, and, you know, I think a lot of that's quite subjective as well. And I think with, you know, one of the reasons I guess I'm here today is because you guys have got the books, you know, you've got the content. So that gives you a massive, you know, point of leverage to then go, okay, well, I know what content, you know, is going to work for my audience. Uh, so it's really about kind of condensing that, packaging that up into videos and, you know, again, just get feedback as well. That, that's why you need those initial uh, users in your course or program because you want them giving feedback on the content. Hey, is there, is there anything missing? Is there something else you'd like? Is it a bit too short? Is it a bit too long? If you've got 10, 15, 20 people doing that for you and they paid to do it, then that's that's invaluable mm -hmm. because that's that's the feedback that you need because you talked about how much content makes a successful program. Well, your audience will tell you that. And you mentioned before about, you know, the importance of engagement and keeping them, you know, online. Um, yeah. One of the biggest things that we're all hearing about constantly now is that if you're signing up for a subscription of, you know, let's say a gym membership or um, in many instances, I'm hearing about training courses as well, people will sign up and then, yeah, they'll get through the first one third of it and then they'll kind of gradually filter off and then it's and then, you know, we're just kind of still clipping the ticket, you know, getting the payment, but uh, haven't actually done anything with that course for some time. Uh, how do you keep them engaged? How do you make sure that people do finish the course and then move on to the next part? Well, that's the $64 million question, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we're all guilty. We've all got lazy and active subscriptions with someone right now. Come on, hands up. Who's got a subscription <laughs> that they're not using right now? Come on, honest. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got one. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to actually how well you can engage and the, the, the automation uh, that you have in place, obviously, for those members. Uh, the sad thing for me, I think, with gyms is an interesting one because I used to be a personal trainer and I know how the gym business model works. And it's based on it's, it's kind of unethical for me because it's based on a lot of members being inactive <laughs> because, like, you take Les Mills, um, which is the one I worked at here in Auckland. They've got 12,000 members, right? It's a big building, 
But if you imagine if those were 12,000 active members, no one would ever get on any equipment. So that they're, they actually know, and I think that, because we used to have to call the inactive ones to try and get them as clients back in the cold calling days. Well, that was fun. Uh, but we used to um, we used to know that there was at least 75% of that 12,000 were inactive. 25% were active members. And they oh. know that. They know they're only going to be 25% active because it makes the gym, the traffic for the classes and the equipment manageable. Mm. So it's unethical for me. But sorry, I've gone down that sort of road. But I think within terms of the e-learning side of things, you know, you've got in the digital space, you've got a massive advantage because you've got automation, you've got emails. Uh, if you've got a quality piece of software uh, like Course Commander that we've just created and you have the gamification side of things actually in there, then it's twofold really. It's about engaging people when they're actually in the platform and that could be through quizzes, surveys, uh, could be through giving them achievements, um, awards for finishing specific modules. But if you think about your business model, and this is where I think about course and elevating from a course to a program, it's easy to do that if you, at the end of different modules, you offer things, offer additional resources or offer a call, uh, you know, to help people where they are, where they're at, because the more support you give people, this is, you know, selling is not rocket science. Selling is very easy. Because selling to clients is just all about the touch points and the, the level of support you give people, right? <clears throat> so with a course, you've got to think, okay, how many different touch points can I have with that person that might have just paid $97 for that course? How many different layers of support can I give them throughout, you know, how, if you want to put a week time frame on it, that eight-week time frame or whatever, um, because that is the sure way to elevate people into a higher level program because they want more of what you're giving them. So it's, it's, you know, it's just a natural progression. There's no selling involved. You're just supporting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so automation and engagement, there are the two absolute must-haves in today's age of distraction. You know, I, I average attention spans about eight seconds when we're just looking at something and scanning something uh, it's one second less than that of a goldfish so you need sorry we are all becoming goldfish <laughs> we are we're goldfish when we're on mobile devices there's so many distractions our thoughts are going you know, off at you know they're all going all over the place you know neurons are firing you know quicker than Usain Bolt unfortunately so we're, we're always looking at the next thing and that's why shiny object syndrome is such a big problem in today's web space because the it's the next thing it's the next thing oh that's interesting shiny okay let's look at that mm. so you've got to, I mean you've obviously got this customer you've got to be able to engage them then properly uh, like I said with the the right tools and the automation side of thing kicks in when you have members that have been inactive so don't be like Les Mills. <laughs> Actually have emails that go out to your members to say, hey, notice you haven't logged in in two weeks and just wonder if there's something that we can do to help you move forward or you know, jump on a quick call, we'll see where you're at and see if we can do something we can do to you know, help you right now. Uh, now that's all automated. That's an automated process. That's not you manually sending that email. So that's what I mean with using the right software to do that heavy lifting for you so mm-hmm. user engagement automation is you know um, are two of the biggest factors in customer retention 
So I know that um, the 2020 year that it was um, created a huge uh, increase in people looking for software and looking for putting their programs onto online and, you know, Kajabi, Udemy, um, Thinkific, which we're using. Um, there's, there's a huge range of places that you can go and park your program or develop your program. Mm. Um, but you've gone down the path of creating something that's WordPress-based, which I'm really quite keen to know. What made you decide to do it on a WordPress platform and what is the difference between what sort of program? Yeah, just talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I th- I've always known WordPress. Like all my company websites have always been built on WordPress, more for the flexibility and the customization side of things. Uh, you can pretty much do anything on WordPress for a tenth of the price of a custom coding platform. So, you know, that's a good option and a good choice to start with. Uh, WordPress is also, you know, it's, it's very intuitive once you get to know the system. It's very easy to use. Um, mm. It doesn't take much to learn it. And the beauty, because it's open source, it's an open source platform built on PHP script. So you've got two advantages there. The first one is Google loves PHP, WordPress. So any kind of landing pages, sales pages, website pages that you build in our platform, they're going to rank just like any other web pages. Now you go to ClickFunnels and you set up a landing page or sales page. Google does not like ClickFunnels. Uh, Ruby on Rails scripts, it's called, but they don't like that script. It's custom coded. It's private, custom coded script. So you will have a big hard time um, ranking any landing sales page in Google. But What's also happening now is Facebook have been banning a lot of uh, landing page and sales page accounts because they don't like the links and the script and the redirecting that's going on. But yeah, I mean, that's another uh, you know, story. But what I'm saying is with WordPress, you've got a solid, reliable, trustworthy open source platform there that you're not going to have those issues with. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the first one. And uh, the second one is because it's open source, you have developers basically creating software all the time. Every day of the year, they're creating new software. So you never have to have a problem with adding new tools, adding new features. Um, you know, it, but because you've got so many developers, it's supply and demand. It's so much cheaper now to have this open source, the, the software options rather than like I say, to go to a development agency or, you know, to even a private developer on Upwork. Yeah, it's so much cheaper to be on open source. Just for the benefit of anyone who's who's watching or listening that doesn't understand what open source is, um, WordPress basically is the the program, but uh, it's not reliant on only WordPress people who work in the WordPress company to create the extra software. Um, Anyone who is a developer and a designer can create their additional plugins for use that does, you know, a sales cart system or a survey system or whatever. So you can create, you can find just about anything you possibly could even imagine um, as an additional plugin that might be created by someone completely separate to WordPress for WordPress. So it's not only dependent on what WordPress the company can do. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's right. And um, it's it's not pay to play to use the code. So like if you think about WordPress 
when WordPress first started, it was a blog. It was a blogging platform. So it was WordPress.com, right? And you could just set up free blogs and use WordPress. And that's basically what it is, free code. And now WordPress has kind of become much bigger than then. It's become, you know, a, a fully uh, functional website, software, anything app type solution based you know, code platform now. So you can do anything on WordPress, but back in the day, it was just blogging. And of course, you've got wordpress.com where you can go and set up a free site, but you don't get many Google benefits with that. You've got wordpress.org, which is what you'll see most business websites built on. And they're kind of like using premium themes provided by different companies again, you know, but to make your website look really professional. So yeah, it, it's but it's it's underpinned by the fact that it's open source is free coding um, rather than it being privately owned and you know paying to play to use it. Yeah, so you created this program called Course Commander, which is WordPress based, as we've just established. Um, how is it different to other you know leading software options for setting up courses and programs? Yeah, well, I mean, the reason we set this up in the first place as marketers ourselves, because we've used all the different bells and whistles to create courses and programs. And that's ranging from, you know, landing page builders, course builders, um, just setting up forms, affiliate systems, uh, membership program, you know, membership software, uh, marketing tool, you name it. We've we were drowning in software subscriptions and it's probably quite a familiar feeling. I think for a lot of people is, you know, you can quickly be spending one to 2000 us dollars on software subscriptions when you're, you know, heavily involved in your marketing and you're running courses and programs and you're running Facebook ads and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what we thought we'd do a bit differently was pull these together and make it very cost affordable for people. So you've got the actual convenience of having the software in one place um, from the website, the landing page, sales page, and the course building and the tools, the marketing tools, uh, forms, quizzes, surveys, you name it, the affiliate systems all there. It's in one place. So it's our point of difference, first off, is, is it's all there. It's built on WordPress, so it's highly customizable and flexible for personal brands. And if you think about you know business landscape right now, it's all about personal branding, all about creating intimate connection with your audience. Uh, so you've seen the rise of micro-influences, you know, and, and that's because people are flocking to people that are singing from the same hymn sheet and singing their message, people that get them. So we've built a platform that really allows micro-influencers and coaches, consultants, educators to really fly with not only building but delivering their message and because it's really built from a marketing perspective as opposed to most software, which is just built from a software techie perspective. Oh, we've got a great idea for software. Let's build it. And majority of the time it's, it's either, you know, not great on the user friendliness or it really doesn't kind of get where marketers are at business and what they need to actually promote their business because they're, they're tech people. Right. So we've built it kind of from a marketer's perspective and you know, it gives people a, a wealth of options, but we worked out, I think when we built it, that the, the number of tools in there, if you went out individually and paid for them, you'd be paying 850 something US per month and it starts at 67 US per month. So it's, it's a time saver, but obviously, you know, big, big on cost as well. 
And I think that's important when you're, especially when you're starting and you're first figuring all this out, because if you're paying um, ridiculously high amounts of money for um, software and course options that uh, you're not going to see the results or the, the, the positive financial aspects of that uh, until no. you actually figure out what you're doing um, and you don't have that marketing aspect to it, uh, that's really important because you can sink an awful lot of money into, into trialing and, and terroring things. Um, so I, I love that concept, oh, yes. trial and terror. <laughs> Absolutely. And the, the, yeah. the other thing with that is, you know, um, what you don't realize is it's kind of like marketing's a bit of a rabbit hole. And the deeper you go, the more time you spend as a marketer. And you're like, oh, yes. Hold on, I didn't sign up as a marketer. I, I'm a coach. I'm an author. You know, I'm a consultant. Why am I marketing? <laughs> and, and the thing is, when you're using all these different subscriptions and tools, well, you need a third party tool then to marry them all together for them to be able to communicate with one another. So mm. that takes time. And then you've got to, you know, it's just a nightmare. So that's why we thought we'd create something that easily integrates with the CRM like inside the platform. So say for example, if you've got MailChimp, HubSpot, active campaign or anything like that for your email marketing, because we don't, we don't do the email marketing. And the reason for it is because we don't want to be an active campaign. Active campaign are great at what they do, you know? So but you can integrate very easily with Active Campaign. You don't need to go to Sapier or and create Zaps and all this nonsense. It's all there. It's, it's you know, so it's time saving, and that's and that's what it's about. It's kind of getting people out of the marketing trenches as much as giving them a platform to really kind of promote mm. themselves professionally. Yeah. Um, so your course commander launched last year. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And going really well. Well, it's going well. Uh, we, I'm kind of, we, we eat our own dog food here. So like I, was, I was telling you about, you know, go to your audience, go to your marketplace, get them on as, you know, um, initial users, charter members. And that's what we're doing at the moment. So we haven't done a big public launch yet. Um, a, because we're not really, we don't like the sensational approach sensationalist approach rather to doing a massive public launch and B, it can create a plethora of issues as well. So we're just working with, I think it's 27 people that are paying at the moment to use it. And um, they started on a charter discounted rate and they're giving us feedback and we're probably about two weeks off going public where we might want to run some Facebook ads and, you know, start getting people in, you know, more, more volume, but, mm. Yeah, it's going really well. And um, interestingly, you know, because we've got a lot of different like uh, customization there, we're getting interesting kind of requests from the franchise world as well, which we never thought about. But, um, you know, it's amazing how these interesting businesses come out of the closet when you've got a piece of software that you never thought could even be suitable for. But yeah, so I mean, but primarily it's built for coaches, consultants, educators, because that's who we are. And we've you know, looked at it and built it from that perspective rather than thinking, oh, we just want to build a really cool piece of software that, you know, people are going to have a hard time using. We've built it as a sort of with our marketing helm. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so if um, people would like to um, follow that up, obviously we'll put something in the, the yeah, sure. in our platform to make sure that, that they can connect with you if they're interested in going further and having a dynamic conversation with you. And I know every time I sit down and talk to you, I learn something new about the whole concept of how do you do this? How does this work? And I think that's what we're here, what that's what we're all about here at um, Indie Experts 
is helping to um, demystify some of the aspects of what goes on in the experts industry. You know, whether it's the online programming, whether it's um, you know how to do soft, uh, how to do social media, um, all of the, the different parts of what we do to get out there and get our content in the hands of the people that we really want to um, influence, impress, and have impact on. And yeah. um, I know that because we're launching our own online course this week um, or parts of it this week, our program, um, it's taken such a lot of research, development, headache, time. I wish we had started working with someone like yourself at the beginning of when we started our, our journey. Um, unfortunately, I met you a little bit too far into where we'd already sort of established where we were going. But yeah, I know that anyone, if they want to have a conversation with you, they'll, they'll learn things, they'll understand things so much more about what the journey looks like for creating an online program. And, uh, and you know, as authors, that's an important road, uh, next step for many of us. So yeah, encourage anyone. Appreciate the kind words. Thanks, Dixie. Yeah. yeah, and I'm always uh, open, transparent. You know, I, you know, I run a community called the No Fluff Marketing for Awaken Entrepreneurs, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> there's no fluff here there's just you know just advice yeah. that's going to be helpful and useful in the first instance and look if people are in a position where they're thinking about software and thinking about a delivery mechanism or something that you know to get up a landing page or promote a course um i'd be happy for your community and it's normally you get a two-week free test drive i'd happily extend that to a month if anyone wants to just get in there have a play and just see you know yeah. what the features are and what they do. Fantastic. Thank you. Does anyone have any questions before we let Jonathan go? Um, I know we've all been sitting here, you know, seeing everybody taking notes and nodding their heads and <laughs> it's been yeah. fantastic. Very studious. Very studious indeed. Very quiet. I think we've got some stunned mullets in the room. Okay. Um, have, I, have I kind of tech overloaded your brains? Or uh, I, I try and keep things very sort of simplified, but I, I do sometimes catch myself going a bit jargon. <laughs> no, I've got a question. Go for it. Um, video is. Could you give us some guidance about that? A is it essential or essential for every part of a program or a course? And just some quick guidelines on it, I suppose. Top tips. Yeah, video is absolutely essential. You can't live without video in business this year. You couldn't live without it for the last three years, really. But uh, it's massive. Absolutely massive. Uh, and like goes back to what I was saying about personal branding, creating authentic connections with your audience. You know, video is going to do that much more effectively than anything other, you know, tool, media channel or whatever. So, yeah, just as long as you turn up on video, you be your authentic self and connect with your audience on a real level, understand understand them, empathize with them, support them. You know, you'll stand out head and shoulders above competitors that aren't doing that. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely video. And, and I just want to, on that point, I just want to say, you know, a lot of businesses that we work with, they get in their own head about video. They, they, there's this misconception out there that a video has to be studio lighting. It has to be glamorous. You have to have white shiny teeth and, you know, you have to be, pitch perfect and word perfect um, and I can debunk that and say it's absolute garbage uh, an iPhone is or a Android is you know high, sufficient quality to just shoot videos if you have a you know high quality a Canon DSLR or whatever uh, then yeah great but 
it's not going to make a difference in terms of people connecting with you and people spending money with you. Um, as long as the quality uh, of content is there, which it will be. And um, yeah, just yeah, go with it. And just video for me, it's a muscle. Video marketing is a muscle. Treat it as a muscle. Just do it. If you're not doing it, start doing it. We all suck at the start. Don't worry about that. You'll get over it. You'll get better and better and better with practice. But it's it's what it is for me the biggest marketing tactic that every small business should be focusing on is video marketing. And I just want to say Tanya McQueen's program, which is special, specially discounted very heavily for Indie Experts um, tribe members, starts next week on the 16th. And she's still got, I think, one or two places left for that. So if anyone wants to do that. But actually just get it. Jonathan's right. Just learning to get comfortable with yourself on video is one of the biggest things that you can do for your business in any capacity this year getting comfortable learning the simple basics of even editing and making sure that you know how to put something of quality together uh, but also one of the things that I found with um, learning video techniques in the last few months is that it enables you to be more fluent when you have to stand there and deliver a piece of content, even if you're standing up at a networking event, uh, speaking here in this kind of environment. Uh, when you are savvy with video, at least getting your base message out, you learn how to be able to deliver it more fluently, more congruently, and to then uh, you know, not cringe every time you look at your own videos. So highly recommend learning video. And it's one of those things, the more the more you do it, the easier it gets. Yeah. 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 I I would say still an idiot to start with, but it's all good. Gets better. Exactly. Exactly. It's a process that you get better at. And just like Dixie said, it's it's so the skills are so transferable through Mm. presentations, webinars, uh, even podcasts. You know, people think, oh, well, I can hide myself on video. Well, no, you can't. <laughs> you still have to present on audio. You still mm-hmm. have to come across coherently. You have to be able to articulate your points well. And that comes through having sufficient experience on video, in my opinion. Some people are good, naturally good at audio marketing, and that's great. But they'd be even better if they were embracing video as well. Most uh, interviews that I've been on, uh, the marketer or the business that's interviewed me, they've done video version of that podcast as well for that reason because video gets more exposure but podcasts will get more downloads over time so mm. it's the best of both worlds yes david stannard you've got a question yeah thanks dixie um jonathan though we've covered a lot today on the what i call the behind the scenes stuff the um the, the software the flexible stuff the, what it what makes it happen um in yeah. the background um I wouldn't actually have imagined half of that was there, but thank you for sharing it with us because that's opened my eyes or closed them very quickly in that space. Um, my question though relates to actually preparing the content. Um, how do you go about that? I mean, you know, the best system in the world, but if you've got rubbish to put into it, you're going to get rubbish results. I mean, how do you just go about designing, putting together courses? And, you know, I mean, the old concept to me of, you know, subscription and repeat. And it's like, my God, I've got, you know, I've got to generate more material continuously. I mean, it, it becomes worse than a job. Um, <laughs> how, do you, how do you approach all of that? Because otherwise, you know, it's like, oh, hell, you know, you're just being 
chained to the cross and slaved, you know, you don't, you don't want to be into that. You want to put something together. You want it to, to do its job. You want it to be a source of income. But, yeah, not if it goes on forever and a day. That's just no point at all. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is create a job for yourself. We're not in business to create jobs for ourselves, right? And um, which is why I keep, I probably mentioned the word leverage about a thousand times in this interview because it's my favorite word in business leverage, leveraging your time, leveraging your resources, leveraging your energy, leveraging your revenue, you know, not working harder than you have to. So you've already got the content if you've written a book or you're writing a book. Uh, the way f- to structure that is to. Reverse engineer. I always reverse engineer. That's my second favorite term in business, by the way. Uh, Reverse engineer. Start from the actual kind of outcome that you want because there's got to be a strategy. And I didn't really even get onto that today. But again, that's one of the biggest oversights businesses have when they create a course or a program is they don't have an actual viable strategy for it. You know, why are you doing it? What's the end goal here? You know, don't just create a course because you think everyone else is and you have to forget that. You know, it's leverage, time, energy, leverage, and it's got to propel your business. So reverse engineer, start with the end in mind. You know, why are you doing the course in the first place? Get the content together, get feedback from your audience, what content they'd like. You've probably got a lot of this content just sitting on your computer gathering digital dust right now anyway. And once you can get that content together and it just needs to be minimum viable quality content. So forget overdoing it with content because people, as I say, they're not going to stay with you for the content. They're going to stay with you for the community aspect. Having said that, people are paying you, say, $197 to have access to the content. That's great because people will always see that perceived value. They'll always kind of feel, well, if I if I cancel my subscription now, I haven't done Module 8 yet, I'm gonna need, and I like Module 8, and I have to go through that. It's that pain of disconnection. But also, uh, you can just... I know what you're saying. You don't want to create a job for you. You don't have to continuously create content. You could just do one live every month and that's your fresh content for that month. And that could be a hot seat training. That could be just having some of your higher paying or all of your community members that are paying something on this type of call, asking, doing a Q and a or doing a, you know, hot seat on their business and focusing on maybe three of the, your members each month or whatever. There's, there's lots of creative ways that you can, and that's what masterminds do. And, you know, it's, it's leverageable. It's one to many. And that's what we've always got to be thinking one to many, not just in terms of subscription uh, business, but also in terms of how we deliver content and how we deliver value. Mm, Great answer. Um, As far as strategy goes, you know, it's no different than when we do a strategy session on a book. Um, which I think everyone on this call is familiar with our process for that, you actually have to start with the end in mind. You have to start with well, which parts are going to make sense to deliver. How, how do you want people to pick it up? How do you want them to make sure that they've learned it and that it's been embedded? Do you want to stop them from going any further into the next part in order to make sure that um, they've really got this part right because the next part's not going to make any sense if they go further without having done part A, part B, and then going to part C? Everything comes down to a strategy. Everything comes down to a planning session to make sure that whatever content you're delivering in whichever way you are delivering it is solid and that you've done the right thinking. So um, you're happy to talk to anyone about that. And Jonathan is the same, you know, anyone who wants to sit there and and just get around a whiteboard, you know, that's my favorite thing to do anytime is to get on the whiteboard. So just 
start thinking about what your end game is. And then from there, you've got the, the great openings for a, a good solid strategy session. So yeah. And if there's one just sort of tip I can finish on, because I've got a clubhouse interview at the moment. <laughs> I never thought that those words would come out of my mouth, but they have. Uh, the, the one thing I would say there, just coming back to your question, uh, Dave, is, no, we don't want to continuously create content. Get other people to do it for you in the form of interviews. Bring in other experts, collaborate, um, create that halo effect in business world, which is, you know, interview people that are perceived to be more influential or whatever because your audience will see your level and that's that's the beauty of interviewing you know high profiles in the business world so you know have a a monthly bi-monthly quarterly whatever it is interview along with your own lives and um, that will be more than sufficient to keep people you know engaged in your network Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It has been amazing listening to you again. I, I always learn something when I when I talk to you. Thank you. Um, yeah, awesome. We can let you Pleasure. go because I know you've got, you've got a race. We've gone to a full hour. Thank you very much to everyone for being here today. Thank you so much. Well, that's one more flag on the map clearly identified. For extra author resources to make your journey even more enjoyable and stress-free, visit www.indieexperts.com.au. You can locate us on all our social media platforms by just searching for Indie Experts. Join Dixie and Anne next time for more navigating the journey of sharing expertise through publishing books that work harder.